Hi, this is David, and welcome to our podcast on the book, Pray Bake. I, like you, have read a number of books on prayer. There are certain ones, though, that stand out because of the practical encouragement they brought to my prayer life and to your prayer life. A Praying Life by Paul Miller is one, and another would certainly be Pray Big by Alistair Begg. One doesn't have to read much further than the first page of the intro to feel the hope this book would bring. It's in that opening paragraph where Begg quotes Robert Murray McShane, the Scottish pastor from the 19th century known for his prayers for others. McShane writes, What a man or woman is on his or her knees before God, that he or she is, and nothing more. Such a statement represents a tall order in many respects regarding our own prayer lives. I have appreciated many of you in the larger World Team community who read through this book with me over the past few months and for the insights that were shared by a number of you. We can always learn by discussing a book with others. So let me take this podcast to talk through with you our thoughts about what encouragements we might draw from this book that would strengthen and further our personal and corporate prayer as a World Team community. First, dependent prayer does not come naturally. Begg begins his study of one of Paul's prayers to the church at Ephesus by stating a critical biblical truth. To pray is an admission and expression of dependence. Demonstrating dependence is a difficult thing. We serve as missionaries, cross-cultural church planters who by perseverance and effort have left our passport countries, learned to adapt to another context, and worked to understand how to share Jesus in this new culture. Dependence does not come easily or naturally to us. We find it much easier to talk to others rather than to talk to God. It is a daily work of grace to recognize how much we need the Father. The Old Testament saints often stood as they prayed. We often sit. Paul knelt. It's not the posture that makes us more dependent. Rather, it's our heart attitude As Begg writes, the more we realize our need, the more we will pray as Paul did, the more we will say as he did, I bow my knees before the Father. So what might we do in response? We might cultivate the reflex of prayer. Not a rote response, but a simple first step by stating our dependence through saying, we need to ask the Father about this. I have a friend who modeled this reflex for our family for many years. He habitually will stop you before you head out of his front door, pull you into a small prayer circle, and then simply say, I want to pray for you before you go. Second, prayer needs to be spiritually ambitious. I do think that Begg is truly right when he says, when I read Paul's prayers, I am always struck by the fact that many of the matters that are the focus of my prayers are absent in his. We often feel at a loss as to what to say when it comes to prayer. Often what we do pray for is not really that imaginative or spiritually ambitious. Begg talks about the be with prayers. Those prayers where we try to cover a maximum of people or topics by praying for a non-specific or general outcome and oftentimes for things that God said he would already do or has started doing. Our prayers need to be more spiritually ambitious, framed by prioritizing spiritual things first. 
What I think this means is that we don't rush to the practical specifics of the need, but as Begg puts it, we grow in our appreciation of the gospel so that our lives will change to reflect the gospel. We know the need that has been shared, so we place it in a larger context of the gospel, working to refresh our hearts and see how God will use the specific need to deepen our faith and trust in him. What we ultimately believe about God will drive our practical actions. This is where prayer must be focused, learning to know him more deeply. As the author puts it, what we really need to know in prayer is Jesus. So what might we do in response? Well, when we go to prayer individually or collectively, we ought to start our time by reminding ourselves of what Jesus has done and is doing on our behalf. We may need to do this for several minutes in order to get our heart wrapped around this truth. The gospel will make a difference in how we pray and what we pray for. And finally, prayer needs to have solid content. Begg offers several prayer points for which Paul prays for his Ephesian brothers and sisters. This is not an exhaustive list, but it gets us started in rethinking the context of our prayers. He mentions five, focus, hope, riches, power, and love. Focus. When we pray for focus for ourselves and others, we pray that we would truly see what we have in Christ. Just reading through the letter to the Ephesians, we easily see how this is Paul's focused request. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. Hope. When we pray for hope for ourselves and others, we pray that we will not just know the reality of the hope we have, but that we will embrace the absolute certainty of the hope of the gospel. I'm praying that you might actually know the hope to which God has called you in Christ Jesus. Riches. What an incredible inheritance God has given us because our inheritance is God himself. As we pray this into our hearts, it will produce a joy and perseverance as we live and minister in this world beset with sin and trouble. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Power. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in our hearts. And this immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe spurs us on to live and serve him with all our heart. Begg challenges us when he writes, Paul prayed that his Ephesian friends would know that power and live as though that power were real because they knew the resurrection was real. Will you pray the same for yourself? Love. I think what struck me the most in this prayer point was the emphasis that Begg placed on discovering the love of Christ corporately, that we grow in our appreciation of his love together. That would certainly add a different flavor and twist to our times of prayer as we focused on learning together through prayer what his love looks like in our, in our midst. So when it's all said and done, what I think we learn from this book, what I've heard a number of you say, could be summarized by saying, dependent people remind one another of their hope in Christ through prayer. And through prayer, they pray others into a deeper relationship with their loving Father or into that very relationship.
Whenever a person professes faith in Jesus Christ, whenever the cause of the gospel is advanced, whenever a work of great transformation takes place in a believer, you will find that it is directly tied to the prayers of the people of God. This book, Pray Big, is a great reminder of our most important need, that we are dependent creatures, and of our greatest blessing, that God has given us access to Him and His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. As cross-cultural workers, we need this reminder regularly. We often tell others of it, but it needs to speak deeply to our hearts as well. It's why we're doing what we're doing, because God, through prayer, enlightened our hearts to see the need of this world, and we responded to his call in our lives to tell others that there is a God of salvation and hope. There is a God to whom we can come and speak openly. It's my prayer, and I trust your prayer, that we might continue to learn each day how to pray big. Thanks for joining me for this podcast.